Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Kei te whakaronga mai koe ki tō tātou au horihori, hei hōtaka e pānaki a papatuanuku, tangaroa, meirangi nui. You're with Our Changing World on Radio New Zealand National. And now... Here's a new idea that might make it easier to have a phone call in a noisy place. When we talk face-to-face with someone, we don't just listen with our ears. We also listen with our skin. Tiny puffs of air from speech land on us and can help us understand what we're hearing. Donald Derrick, a linguist at the New Zealand Institute of Language, Brain and Behaviour, is hoping to use this information to make it easier to understand people when we use devices such as mobile phones. Donald is part of a University of Canterbury team working on the second phase of a project funded by the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. And Alison joins him in the lab to find out more. This research is about aerotactile integration in speech perception. In English, we're looking at how the airflow that comes from people's lips can be used to help them understand the speech they hear better. So if I was sitting a little closer to you and you were speaking, I would be able to hear what you were saying, but also feel puffs of air. Yes, And that's what we're researching is how much and how effectively these puffs of air can help you understand speech better. And we're doing this with an eye towards commercialization as well. We've got a system here that will take not just audio, but the airflow signal from speech and then play it back through a tiny little piezoelectric pump. And this, we've demonstrated, can help you understand the speech you hear better in noisy environments. And the purpose of this then would be to integrate this into headphones or smartphones or emergency radios or hearing aids. So to improve your ability to hear things, Mm -hmm. perhaps in noisy environments or if you've got hearing loss? Exactly. It'll either help you, anybody understand what they're hearing better in noisy environments or help anybody that has hearing difficulties understand what they're hearing more effectively anywhere. So it's a set of headphones and then it's got a... Adaptation on the side. Just explain that a bit more to me. So what you have here is uh, a set of headphones, and for the purposes of this experiment, they isolate the environment a bit, let you hear audio. But attached to it on the right-hand side is an armature, and the armature has wiring connecting to a very small, black, flat square. And this flat square contains a piezoelectric pump, which will produce airflow. The system takes a signal that has audio as well as the airflow, splits out the audio, sends that to the headphones, and splits out the airflow and sends that to this piezoelectric pump. Whereabouts are you going to feel that little airflow? To my forehead. That's how this works. But we know from previous research that uh, airflow can enhance your speech perception if it happens at your head, at your neck, at your hands, and even at your ankles. A little weaker at the ankles, but it does work. So is this something you have to train people with? No, this works with both untrained and unaware perceivers. So we demonstrated that you can uh, enhance people's ability to recognize speech with airflow in it through these air puffs, even if people don't know what you're going to be doing, and definitely if they're not trained in the task. So we're going to demonstrate it with me. So it says at the top you'll listen to a short story and noise, so I imagine it's not going to be a clear, tidy piece of audio. During this experiment, you will listen to a short story in noise. It will be presented in clips of one to five sentences. 
At the end of each clip, you will be given the context and asked which of two words you heard. Select the word you heard. If you don't know, please guess. In the audio you're about to hear, the staticky clicks represent the air puffs made by different consonants. Listening on headphones in the lab, I can't hear those clicks. I can only feel tiny puffs of air. The blunderer and the blunderer. After deftly leaping over the high fence, John carefully padded up to the wall at the back of the fancy Tudor house. But John could not control the weather, and it was a miserable windy night. The air flowing through the trees picked up a large branch that hit John in the face and cut his teeth. Now I'm given a choice between the words blowing and flowing. Blowing through the trees. Who wrote the story? I wrote the story. It took me about a month and a half to come up with this short story. It is, you know, on the surface of it as the story goes, this is incredibly cheesy fantasy story. So you wanted a coherent story, but you were also wanting just particular sounds and particular similar sounding words. Absolutely. And so a lot of the kinds of words we were after were words like blowing versus flowing or perch versus birch or burrow versus furrow. Yep. Bumbling, fumbling, Bumbling. plop, flop. flop. Pheasants versus peasants, batches versus patches, piles versus files, and pills versus bills. English is actually quite complicated. There's lots of ways in which airflow and speech can interact. But when you're looking for minimal pairs that you want to use ideally for research, it can actually be quite difficult to find exactly what you want when you have to narrow your focus so much. The people listening to this radio show could hear the audio. What they weren't getting were those air puffs that I was getting yes. puffed onto my forehead. Yes. They wouldn't be able to feel those air puffs, but the air puffs are designed to simulate what lips about four or five centimetres away from a speaker would feel like. How did I go? We're going to see in a moment. Was your answer correct? So I got it wrong. So I said blowing and it should have been... Flowing. Flowing. Yep, the correct word was flowing. Okay. Yep. And that gives you an idea that even with one example, you can, that this task, um, it's harder than people realize. The signal to noise ratio I'm giving is actually zero. So this is a very, very common amount of noise actually to be encountered when you're talking to somebody on a cell phone. And in the brief experiment that was done, identifying the difference between the word flowing and blowing became difficult even at the kinds of noisiness that are common in cell phone conversations. And this even with the enhancements in this particular case, because you did get the air puff in this one. So this is not the easiest experiment. That's why you have to collect many tokens. In our experience with this research, uh, the enhancement will help you recover about one out of every four words you would have lost. So the enhancement is, is not the hugest in the world, but it's significant enough to be worthwhile and worth looking into. Uh, it's similar, by the way, to the enhancement that you would get if you were looking at somebody's face while they were talking to you. So if I, for example, was wearing a hearing aid in a really noisy environment, it might help me get more words correct and not have to guess quite so many. Absolutely. And in fact, at the moment, we don't yet know how many words uh, will be enhanced for people who use hearing aids. And we have suspicion that it will be more than one in four. And the reason is that this airflow information that we're giving back to people airflow that happens in words like pa when compared to ba or in words like ta when compared to da the airflow that happens in f or s or th or other fricatives this airflow information is notoriously difficult for people who have hearing problems to understand because it's very high frequency and that's often the first set of sounds that people lose as they age and this is exactly the kind of information that we're giving back to people 
by using airflow at the same time as speech sound. Once you've run a number of people through this, what has it shown you? Well, the first version of this experiment actually had issues, uh, and that was because uh, at the time, our method of extracting the airflow information from the audio needed some updating, which is why we developed systems for more directly measuring the airflow in speech. So we're going to be going back and redoing those experiments now that we have a better characterization of the flow pattern from speech. Well, let's talk about that because it looks to me like a ping-pong ball stuck on a spike. That's pretty much what it is. We call it the ping-pong puff airflow meter. And what it is is exactly what you said. This is a ping-pong ball stuck on a carbon fiber rod. And at the base of this is a system for measuring the displacement of the ping-pong ball as caused by airflow during speech. So I am going to actually record myself saying a few words into this system and you'll see what the recordings look like and then what we have to do to actually translate that into airflow from speech. It's quite interesting. Pa, ba, fa, ta, da, sa. I have to say, as you were talking, I couldn't quite see the ping pong ball moving, but the piece of paper that's stuck to it, you could see that just blowing slightly. So there was definitely lots of air coming out. Yep. These are recordings of speech sounds. The initial consonancies vary dramatically in English in the amount of turbulent airflow that comes out of the mouth during speech. If you take a look at the recording I did for this, the original recording will show you a really difficult to understand waveform for the airflow. And it looks like a mess and you don't know what you'll do with it. But the demodulated version has a lot more information in it. And you can actually see the flow of airflow from pa showing up as a nice peak at the right place in comparison to the airflow from ba, where there's actually almost no airflow at the ba. So pa has a huge peak followed by quite a breeze. Yep. And then ba has almost no So the air's quite no still. Airflow. For fa, you get a little bit, but not very much. Ta, you get nice big peaks. So that's a huge gust of wind coming out. In comparison to da, where almost no wind comes out. But with sa, you get quite a lot again that comes out during the speech. This is typical of speechers. One thing you will know in radio with pa, for instance, is that some people are literally unable to work in radio because, you know, when you're expected in your environment to be very close to a microphone, it's quite often you need to be able to control your airflow from pa so you don't get microphone pop. And P is by far the most amount of airflow that we've seen in speech. But T does it a lot. K does it a lot. And some fricatives uh, do this quite a bit more than others. S and SH produce lots of airflow. F produces almost no airflow. Once you've recorded this, and so you mm. now have some distinctive waveforms that go with the airflow around your little syllables, yep. what does that tell you and what can you do with that? Our system, we've demonstrated over and over again that it will help you distinguish between two words when you're looking at individual words. And this is actually really good and useful in a lot of kinds of conversations that people have because we don't tend to talk in sentences when we're on the phone or when we're air traffic controllers or when we're doing anything else. We tend to talk in phrases or even individual words. And so this is definitely a good and solid benefit, but one of the things we want to test and make sure is that this also helps you understand continuous speech. The issue we ran into last year is that you actually have to characterize the airflow from continuous speech accurately, and the initial draft of our algorithm 
did this to a certain degree, but not as well as we need. So our experiments didn't work. So we've been improving our algorithm and doing this through direct measurements of airflow and speech so we can feed that information in and improve the math that we're doing. And to commercialize it, you'd be wanting something that's relatively subtle looking. So you know, people already yep. have a bit of a hang up about wearing hearing aids. Yep. So if you're going to add ear puff information to a mm. hearing aid, it's got to be subtle but still useful. When you look at the system we have here, you see quite a lot of bulky equipment, but you can also see this little black square that's actually producing the airflow is not very big. And you're hopeful it can be even smaller. We are, and we, we in fact know that Murata has a smaller prototype that's thinner and longer and produces the airflow to a tube, so it can be the kind of thing that could be part even of a hearing aid potentially, but definitely something that would fit into a smartphone or a headphone device such that people wouldn't notice this so much. As far as the digital signal processing and the rest of it, again, right now our equipment is quite large, but digital signal processing today has improved in leaps and bounds. Uh, we're in a world in which a very, very tiny chip that you would barely notice is capable of doing far more processing, far faster than anything we need. Right now, anybody who's ever worked with noise-canceling headphones knows that the noise-canceling systems can be so small that they hide into the end of a USB plug. And that's the world we live in today. Computational power is cheap and really easy to get at a small size. So we're at the right time to be trying something like this. That was Donald Derrick from the New Zealand Institute of Language, Brain and Behaviour at the University of Canterbury. That's all for now. For more, check us out on the web, radionz.co.nz forward slash our changing world. Kia ora mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.